In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God means. Today the Church celebrate and commemorate the monthly commemoration of Archangel Michael, also the feast of Matthew the Evangelist, one of the four evangelists and one of the twelve apostles, and also the feast of Pope Demetrius, the vine dresser. But all the readings of today are about the calling of Saint Matthew. Matthew started his life as a tax collector, and the tax collector were known of their greed as well as the hardness of their heart. They collect the taxes more than what it is required because of their love of money. Also, they were very harsh in dealing with the people. Matthew, that's how he started his life, and his name was Levi. The Lord met him and saw potential in Matthew if he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and followed him, then the grace of God will work in him. So the first thing God looked at him and told him, follow me, follow me. And this word was so powerful, it pierced the heart of Matthew. The word of God is sharper than two-edged sword. When it pierced the heart of Matthew, Matthew responded immediately. He could not resist the power of the Word of God. And the same word, follow me, is not only for Matthew, but it is for each one of us, for everyone in the world. God actually came to call the whole world to follow him, to follow his footsteps. As St. Peter tells us that our Lord Jesus Christ left us an example to follow his footsteps. So the word follow me is for each person in the world. But I want to explain more and elaborate more what the word follow me means in reality. It is not like a person walking and then a group of people follow him. It is not like reading the life of Christ and try to imitate his life. It's not like this. All of us, we are full of humanity. So the Lord Jesus Christ, God, became man in order to live a perfect humanity. And he said to John the Baptist, we ought to fulfill all righteousness, all the righteous requirement of human being. So who is the perfect human? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the perfect human. Then what the word follow me means? The word follow me means to be united, to be one with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just to walk after Him, but to be one with Him. That's why when God came, He came to dwell in us. You are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit abides in you.
And the Lord said, He who hears my word and accepts me, my father and myself will come and this person will be our dwelling place. We will dwell in him. So the person can be a temple of the Holy Trinity. A true believer is a temple of the Holy Trinity. And Christ is in me. When Christ is in us, then whatever we do will be considered perfect in Him. When we pray, our prayer will be perfect in Him because He prayed. When we fast, our fasting will be perfect in Him because He fasted. When we do charitable deeds, our charitable deeds will be perfect because we are in Him and so on. So follow me is not just following after someone or reading his life and imitating his life, but in reality it is abiding in him. So his righteousness will be my righteousness. His perfection will be my perfection. And when I sin, I am separated from God. But with repentance, confession, communion, I be reunited with God. That is the meaning of following. But in order to follow Him, to abide in Him, we need actually to forsake, to leave. As you heard about Matthew, when the Lord told him, follow me, he left everything. He left the tax collector office. He left all the old life and he started to follow him. So, in order to really follow God and abide in Him, you need to leave, forsake. Three things. Three things actually are in competition with following God. The love of money, love of pleasure, and ego, pride, selfish love of one's self. These three things that competing, either as the Lord said, either to worship the Lord or to worship the mammon. You cannot worship two masters, either the Lord or the mammon. We need to forsake the love of money if we want to abide in Christ. We need to forsake the love of pleasure as we hear every divine liturgy after the Catholic liturgy. Do not love the world or the things of the world. For the world it will pass away and all its desires, but he who abides in the word of God shall live forever. Also, we need to forsake and to deny ourselves. And I want you to understand, leaving comes before following. Yes, leaving is not a momentary decision, but leaving is a life. All my life, I am forsaking, I'm fighting against these things. But I need to make a decision like Matthew that I will leave the love of money, I will forsake love of pleasure, I will deny myself in order to follow the Lord. But if you started following the Lord, while these things are still in your heart, you will stumble. Elijah found the people, their heart is divided. 
between the world and Baal and between God. So he told him, you cannot do this. If the Baal is God, follow him, worship him. If the Lord is God, worship him. You cannot have a divided heart. You cannot have the love of God and the love of the world. Love of the world is enmity to the love of God. You cannot have both in the same time. So people who want to live with God and follow Him, but in the same time, they are not forsaking these three things, definitely will stop. After Matthew tasted how sweet the Lord is, because you can see the word of grace in Matthew. Matthew, as I told you, started as a tax collector with heart and heart, a lover of money. And now when the grace of God worked in him, transformed him to evangelist, the New Testament starts with the Gospel of St. Matthew. Also, to be an apostle, carrying the epistle, the message of salvation to the whole world, and a preacher, he went to preach in different countries with the name of God. So how he was able to do this was actually through the grace of God. The grace of God changed a person like Matthew, tax collector, greedy, lover of money, with hardened heart, into an evangelist, which actually gives us hope. Don't lose your hope. Satan will tell you, you are away from God. There is no hope in you. Many people don't, don't come to the church because they lost hope in their own salvation. That's why they decided to leave the church. Definitely this is actually a deception from Satan. Remember Matthew, how God transformed him. St. Paul, St. Moses the Black, St. Pelagia, Mary, of Egypt. All these great saints started actually as great sinners, but the grace of God worked in them and transformed them. Don't trust in your own power, in your own will, but trust in the work of the grace of God. That's why Isaac of Syria said, if you believe that you can repent without prayer, you are deceived. Why without prayer? Because prayer will actually grant me the grace of God. In prayer, I'll be united with God. I will be one with Him. So through this power, I can repent. I can change my life. Cling to the Lord. Keep His commandment. Obey His commandment. And the grace of God will work in you. The church has what we call the means of grace the means by which we enter into the, the grace of God. So, you know the means of grace, prayer, fasting, scripture, coming to the church, divine liturgy, confession, repentance, spiritual reading, communion, etc. All these are the grace of God. Matthew tasted the grace of God. And when the grace of God fills our heart, we will actually grow and abound in our love toward God and our love toward others. So Matthew, his love to God 
abound. But also love to others abounded. So he started to feel sorry for his friends, the tax collectors and the sinners. He wanted them to be saved. He wanted them to taste the grace of God. So he made a, a huge banquet and he invited all his friends, all the tax collectors, all the sinners, and he invited the Lord Jesus Christ also and the disciples in order to put them in direct connection with the Lord. As David said in his Psalms, taste and see how sweet is the Lord. So the love of, to, for others that abounded in his heart made him make this great banquet, invited them to taste the Lord. And I like what Matthew did. Matthew did not go and give the people lecture about the Messiah and he tried to prove to them that Jesus is the Messiah. Matthew actually did something else. He invited them to be in direct contact with the Messiah. Yes, later on he wrote his gospel and he wrote it to the Jews mainly in order to prove to them from the prophets that Jesus is the Messiah. He wrote it to those who rejected the invitation to be in direct contact with the Lord. Because when you invite people, some people will come and some people will reject. That's why he wrote his, his gospel to the Jews who rejected the Lord. And he tried to prove to them from the scripture that they believe in that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. In the same way, Philip with Nathaniel. Philip with Nathaniel, Nathaniel started to argue with Philip. And he told him, do you think from Nazareth something good will come out? Philip did not actually answer this question. But he told him three words. Come and see. Come and see. And he took Nathaniel to the Lord. To the direct connection with the Lord. And when Nathaniel became in direct connection with the Lord, then Nathaniel actually said to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are indeed the Son of God. Because the Lord told him about a secret in his life when he told him, I saw you when you were under a fig tree. When actually we preach, first let us try to ask people to come in direct connection with the Lord. Come and see. Come and see. And if we are able to put the people in direct connection with the Lord, then when they taste the Lord, their life will be transformed. But unfortunately, some people will reject this. For those who will reject them, we can, from the scripture or from their belief system, we can prove to them that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Son of God. And St. Paul in his ministry, he went to the synagogues of the Jews and he went to the Gentiles. Speaking to the Jews, he spoke from the scripture, but he never used scripture speaking with the Gentiles because they don't believe in scripture. He used their poems like his speech in Areopagus when he was in Athens. He spoke from logic, from philosophy, from their poem to address to them the existence of God and 
the incarnation of the Son of God. But what happened? Satan usually will not be happy when we try to preach the name of the Lord. Satan try to discourage the servants, discourage the preacher. That's why Satan through the scribes and Pharisees, unfortunately through the teachers of the law, religious leaders of Israel, went to the disciples and started to complain and said to them, why do you meet with tax collector and sinners? Why your teacher who claims to be the son of God or claims to be a prophet, why he is sitting and eating with tax collector and sinners? They, want, they, they said this to discourage them. That's what Satan wants to do. They want to separate, until now, they want to discourage the servants of the church from welcoming the sinners. They actually put in our heart condemning them and judging them, not actually trying to help them to return back to the Lord. But, and why Satan is doing this? Because if we reject the sinners as a church, then the people will perish. And as John Chrysostom said, the church is not a hotel for the saints, but it is a hospital for the sinners. The church is not a hotel for the saints, but it is a hospital for the sinners. That's why we need to learn, as the Lord Jesus Christ answered the scribe and the Pharisees, and he told them, those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call righteous to repentance, but to call sinners. Those who believe they are righteous, they will not come. And we need in our life to have compassion on the sinners, to understand their struggle. All of, who among us can say, I am not a sinner? All of us who are sinners. And instead actually of carrying stones and throw it at the sinners, we need actually to help them to repent and to return back to God. As St. Paul told us in Galatians chapter 6 and in verse 1, he was addressing the church in, in Galatia. He told them, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That is the law of Christ. If I see someone in trespass, instead of judging him, instead of gossiping about him, instead of condemning him, no, those who are spiritual, they should restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not in a spirit of judgment or condemnation. And while we are doing this, considering ourselves, lest we are tempted also with the same sin. And he concluded this by saying, bear one another's burden. When we help those who are struggling in their weakness, we are bearing one another's burden, and so we fulfill the law of Christ. This, the story of calling of Matthew is a very powerful story for all of us. Let us actually 
put in our heart that we need to forsake the love of the world, love of money, love of pleasure, deny ourselves. Let us follow the Lord and abide in Him. Let us ask the grace of God to transform us to be in His likeness after His image. And let us call and preach others to come and see the grace of God. Come and taste how sweet the Lord is. And we should not actually yield to the temptation and the discouragement of Satan, but we should be strong knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ said, I did not come to call righteous to repentance, but sinners. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.